0: Chapter Fourteen, Section One of Capital, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Capital, A Critical Analysis of Capitalist Production, Volume One, by Karl Marx. Translated from the Third German Edition by Samuel Moore, and Edward Aveling, and edited by Frederick Engels. Part 4. Production of Relative Surplus Value. Chapter 14. Division of Labor and Manufacture. Section 1. Twofold Origin of Manufacture. That cooperation, which is based on division of labor, assumes its typical form in manufacture, and is the prevalent characteristic form of the capitalist process of production throughout the manufacturing period, properly so called. That period, roughly speaking, extends from the middle of the sixteenth to the last third of the eighteenth century. Manufacture takes its rise in two ways. First, by the assemblage in one workshop under the control of a single capitalist, of laborers belonging to various independent handicrafts, but through whose hands a given article must pass on its way to completion. A carriage, for example, was formerly the product of the labor of a great number of independent artificers, such as wheelwrights, harness-makers, tailors, locksmiths, upholsterers, Turners, fringe makers, glaziers, painters, polishers, gilders, etc. In the manufacture of carriages, however, all these different artificers are assembled in one building where they work into one another's hands. It is true that a carriage cannot be gilt before it has been made, but if a number of carriages are being made simultaneously, Some may be in the hands of the guilders, while others are going through an earlier process. So far, we are still in the domain of simple co-operation, which finds its materials ready to hand in the shape of men and things. But very soon an important change takes place. The tailor, the locksmith, and the other artificers, being now exclusively occupied in carriage-making, each gradually loses, through want of practice, the ability to carry on to its full extent his old handicraft. But, on the other hand, his activity now confined in one groove assumes the form best adapted to the narrowed sphere of action. At first, carriage manufacture is a combination of various independent handicrafts. By degrees, it becomes the splitting up of carriage-making into its various detail processes, each of which crystallizes into the exclusive function of a particular workman, the manufacture as a whole being carried on by the men in conjunction. In the same way, cloth manufacture, as also a whole series of other manufactures, arose by combining different handicrafts together under the control of a single capitalist footnote one. To give a more modern instance, the silk-spinning and weaving of Léon and Nîmes, quote, est toute patriarcale. Elle emploie beaucoup de femmes et d'enfants, mais sans les épouser ni les corrompre. Elle le laisse dans le la bel valise de la homme, du va, du liser, du vaucluse, pour y élever des vers et d'éviter le cocon. Jamais elle n'entre dans une véritable fabrique. Pour être aussi bien observé, le principe de la division du travail s'y révèle d'un caractère spécial. Il y a bien des dividus, des moulinaires, des tâtonnus, des encoleurs, puis des tisserons, mais ils ne sont pas réunis dans un même établissement. Ne dépendent pas d'un même maître, tous ils sont indépendants. The silk spinning and weaving of Lyon and Nîmes is entirely patriarchal. It employs a large number of women and children, but without exhausting or ruining them. It allows them to stay in their beautiful valleys of the Trome, the Var, the Iser, the Vaucluse cultivating their silkworms and unwinding their cocoons. It never becomes a true factory industry. However, the principle of the division of labor takes on a special character here. There do indeed exist winders, throwsters, dyers, sizers, and, finally, weavers. But they are not assembled in the same workshop, nor are they dependent on a single master, they are all independent. A. Blanqui, coeur d'économie industrielle, reculé par Ablais. Since Blanqui wrote this, the various independent laborers have to some extent been united in factories. End footnote 1. Second. Manufacture also arises in a way exactly the reverse of this, namely, by one capitalist employing simultaneously in one workshop a number of artificers who all do the same or the same kind of work, such as making paper, type, or needles. This is cooperation in its most elementary form. Each of these artificers, with the help perhaps of one or two apprentices, makes the entire commodity, and he consequently performs in succession all the operations necessary for its production. He still works in his old handicraft-like way. But very soon external circumstances cause a different use to be made of the concentration of the workmen on one spot, and of the simultaneousness of their work. An increased quantity of the article has perhaps to be delivered within a given time, the work is therefore redistributed. Instead of each man being allowed to perform all the various operations in succession, these operations are changed into disconnected, isolated ones, carried on side by side. Each is assigned to a different artificer, and the whole of them together are performed simultaneously by the cooperating workmen. This accidental repartition gets repeated, develops advantages of its own, and gradually ossifies into a systematic division of labor. The commodity from being the individual product of an independent artificer becomes the social product of a union of artificers, each of whom performs one and only one of the constituent partial operations. The same operations which, in the case of a papermaker belonging to a German guild, merged one into the other as the successive acts of one artificer, became in the Dutch paper manufacture so many partial operations carried on side by side by numerous co-operating laborers. The needlemaker of the Nuremberg Guild was the cornerstone on which the English needle manufacture was raised. But, while in Nuremberg, That single artificer performed a series of perhaps twenty operations, one after another. In England, it was not long before there were twenty needle-makers side by side, each performing one alone of those twenty operations, and in consequence of further experience, each of those twenty operations was again split up, isolated, and made the exclusive function of a separate workman the mode in which manufacture arises its growth out of handicrafts is therefore twofold. On the one hand, it arises from the union of various independent handicrafts, which become stripped of their independence, and specialized to such an extent as to be reduced to mere supplementary partial processes in the production of one particular commodity. On the other hand, It arises from the co-operation of artificers of one handicraft. It splits up that particular handicraft into its various detail operations, isolating and making these operations independent of one another, up to the point where each becomes the exclusive function of a particular laborer. On the one hand, therefore, manufacture either introduces diversion of labor into a process of production, or further develops that division, On the other hand, it unites together handicrafts that were formerly separate. But whatever may have been its particular starting point, its final form is invariably the same, a productive mechanism whose parts are human beings. For a proper understanding of the division of labor in manufacture, it is essential that the following points be firmly grasped. First, THE DECOMPOSITION OF A PROCESS OF PRODUCTION INTO ITS VARIOUS SUCCESSIVE STEPS COINCIDES, HERE, STRICTLY WITH THE RESOLUTION OF A HANDICRAFT INTO ITS SUCCESSIVE MANUAL OPERATIONS. WHETHER COMPLEX OR SIMPLE, EACH OPERATION HAS TO BE DONE BY HAND, RETAINS THE CHARACTER OF A HANDICRAFT, AND IS THEREFORE DEPENDENT ON THE STRENGTH, SKILL, QUICKNESS, AND SURENESS OF THE INDIVIDUAL WORKMAN IN HANDLING HIS TOOLS the handicraft continues to be the basis. This narrow technical basis excludes a really scientific analysis of any definite process of industrial production, since it is still a condition that each detail process gone through by the product must be capable of being done by hand, and of forming in its way a separate handicraft. It is just because handicraft skill continues in this way, to be the foundation of the process of production, that each workman becomes exclusively assigned to a partial function, and that, for the rest of his life, his labor power is turned into the organ of this detail function. Secondly, this division of labor is a particular sort of co-operation and many of its disadvantages spring from the general character of cooperation, and not from this particular form of it. End Section 1 Twofold Origin of Manufacture, Chapter 14 Division of Labor and Manufacture, Part 4 Production of Relative Surplus Value.